Welcome to An Idiot's Guide to Animals. I'm Kirsten. I'm Adam. And I'm Rich. So this is episode 26. I'm not doing it. Our final proper episode. How many weeks? I'm not doing it. No, you are. I've changed. No, you haven't changed. I have changed. You've tried to change. I'm trying to change. He's cut his hair. He has. Mm. I'm trying to be more respectable. I'm trying to make people like me. Not really like me, but it's just trying to be like more responsible as well. Get things done, you know. Have you done anything responsible yet? Yeah, I cleaned my house. <laughs> Is that responsible or just something you should do as a matter of course in your life? So yeah, we've oh, got one more episode after know. this and that's our bonus episode. And today is... What's the theme? Bonus. Hang on. I thought the bonus episode was going to be the bonus episode. No, the no, bonus yeah. episode is where we pick the final. That's just really top confusing. Animal. That's the point. This is not the bonus episode. This is the <laughs> bonus episode. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting bonus. Going out with a bang. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to say that. Yeah? <laughs> just came to me then. I'm just so oh, witty. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Before we go any further, I'd just like to take this opportunity to thank our patrons. It's our trainee zoologists. So, thank you to Sophie. The Killer McMillan. And then Callum. Callum. Drunken Bear. Drunken Bear. Lady Georgia. Mm. And mm-hmm. Mad Guy Mad Sigh. Guy sigh. Mm-hmm. So, thanks, guys. Thank you. Your help is very much appreciated. So, a little bit of news before we start. Oh, yeah. You know, we had a poll on our Patreon page choosing which animal we're going to bring back for our bonus episode. Oh, yeah. Adam will be pleased to hear that last time I checked, it was four votes to one in favour of the honey badger. <laughs> well, oh. could always turn around. <laughs> Out of the six patrons, so you've won. <laughs> yes. So the honey badger oh, will be coming back to compete in our bonus episode. Yeah, okay. So these ones that have lost and then I get to get another chance to redeem themselves. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honey so we've got one final <laughs> chance to persuade Rich that it's the ultimate animal. It is the ultimate animal, Rich. Okay. <laughs> so persuasive. <laughs> it is the ultimate animal. Told ya. Get out of that. <laughs> so we had a message Ooh. from... We all got a message. Someone on our Facebook page, Jonathan. Yeah. What did he have to say? He is very much in favour of the honey badger. And oh, he recommended yeah. that Adam listen to a podcast. What did he say about me? I read the message. He said you're shit. <laughs> no, look, he's not wrong. <laughs> I don't think he said that, but no. yeah. He was basically disappointed in you that you yeah. didn't choose the honey badger. Mm. Oh. Don't really have anything to say about that. So Adam's going to tell us what he thinks about this podcast that um, was recommended to him. What's it called to start with? Yeah, All Creatures Podcast. It's pretty mm-hmm. much like a rehashed, not as good version of, like, knockoff version of our podcast. <laughs> They've only got two people and they only do one animal. And they're American. And they're American. Although I think I heard on that podcast that the guy is actually moving with his wife to New Zealand. Oh, okay. Interesting. So it must be a pretty good American. Mm. Mm. Um, so maybe we could say some nice things about their podcast. <laughs> uh... <laughs> they did, we, we went on the, they've got a proper website. Just dogged them. And um, like immediately I was like, they're 
better than us. Yeah. <laughs> like their, they're, their little icon is all right. They, they spent all their time and energy, it's very clear, on making themselves look good. <laughs> but we actually make ourselves hear good, listen good. <laughs> what, that, what do you want to say? Oh. Like, you know what I mean? You know what I'm wow. trying to say. They did sound all right from what I heard. Okay. I'm really happy right. that they did the Honey Badger because mm-hmm. it deserves its own special. They were pretty informative. Pretty much said everything I said, so there wasn't any new information that I learned. Um, Are you suggesting that they copied you? Yes. Okay. I'm suggesting they've copied Wikipedia, is what I'm suggesting. <laughs> they've definitely so, looked so at the Wikipedia. because that's what you do? <laughs> yeah. They've definitely seen the Wikipedia page. Did you enjoy the podcast? First question. And second question, during our break from this podcast, is it a suitable one for people to listen to in our absence? Mm, I reckon just re-listen to ours <laughs> until we're done. Um, but if you want to listen to something new, I'm sure it's suitable, yeah. <laughs> and you did you me. enjoy it? I was all right. I mean, to be honest, don't really like listening to people talk. <laughs> Other like, than you. Yeah, like he likes hour. listening to his own podcast. I like, like watching a movie and stuff. But like, it's just like, yep, right, you've talked for an hour now. I'm over it. <laughs> now you know how... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I they listen. People play the podcast at work, and um, and I'm like, I can't even be in the room. Um, <laughs> I'll listen to yeah, your own. Yeah, one. I was like, oh, fuck. put some music on. Someone is that just because you have a real short attention span? Yeah, I think I need to be like kept interested. You need some more colorful things like flashing at you. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it's just the who I am. You know, I need to be kept interested. Well, I thought you're changing, so maybe could... I'm changing a little. I'm not changing completely. I just want to. Uh-huh. I just want to improve some of my better behaviors. Like my, I want to improve my strengths and work on my weaknesses. I don't want to change them. I don't change myself. I just want to improve myself. Be true to yourself. Exactly. You know, exciting year, 2018. Mm -hmm. I'm excited for you. Thank you. Okay. So we also had an email from Sophie. Oh, the killer McMillan. Sick. So she says, dear Kirsten, Rich and Adam, greetings from a very snowy Leavenworth. In yeah. Washington State. Today is December the 30th. So she sent this a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> and we have 14 inches of snow in our yard. Yes, we still measure the old-fashioned way and refuse to change at my age. We are looking forward to our trip to your neck of the woods in February 2018. So actually coming over, what, in a couple of weeks now, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And are happily watching the temperature rise. Well, I am happy. Katie, she's my sister, is more concerned about the damage to her pale European skin. And she has got incredibly pale skin yeah she? she does yeah she's got almost white hair she? Mm. your that, podcasts yeah. have been really fun for her to listen to as she gets ready to start her zoology and ecology degree at james cook uni in townsville we're convinced your podcast has given her the knowledge she will need to wow her new friends and professors wow mm. i don't know if it will i think she's underestimated how hard zoology is if that case <laughs> <laughs> we would love no, to hear kidding, a podcast kidding. about reef creatures that might still be found on the great barrier reef before humans kill it completely my them. animal today is kind of related much love sophie the killer mcmillan p.s would love to hear your nickname for bruce which is my dad so oh. Do you have a nickname for my father? All right. Well, she's the killer McMillan, mm-hmm. so he could be the butcher. Bruce the Butcher McMillan. <laughs> <laughs> He'll like that probably. <laughs> Someone's got to butcher him. <laughs> butcher no, what? No, the, the things people. that the you know, she kills. Kills. <laughs> Yeah, she's the killer. And he's the butcher. <laughs> so she's going to need... Someone's going to, you know, Bruce the Butcher McMillan. <laughs> what? What's a good one? You don't like that one. So there you go, Dad. <laughs> I'm good pleased with that nickname. 
<laughs> it just come to me. Yeah. Yeah, most stuff does. Yeah. Yes, it okay. does. And we also got a message from our, from her on our Facebook page, congratulating all three of us on my pregnancy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> saying oh, you know. that she sure will all three of us be good parents. <laughs> so. Oh, thanks, Sophie. Oh. I mean, it's really hard um, not getting noticed, uh, and I really appreciate that she noticed me and the contribution that I'll play to your baby. <laughs> so that's well, amazing. I mean, it, I didn't actually do anything. <laughs> Um, but I feel like my presence has calmed Rich, which in turn has calmed his little swimmers <laughs> and probably helped a lot out, you know. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm not really sure what's uh, happening. Uh, you did bring to get... us some baby clothes today. You I did. did. They're not mine. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. That's right. No worries. And we've got a good news story from Yvette. Oh, Typical. Yeah. She's always full of them, eh? Mm-hmm. That's good news. So she's a good, good chick. She's a very positive person. Very yeah. positive, and she's still sending us stuff even after, after we, what we, yeah. <laughs> what even we after you've ruined almost every story. I think that she sent us, <laughs> which we haven't done intentionally. Okay, so the title of this one: How are we going to ruin this? Stray dog goes from living on the streets to breaking record for airport security. Shouldn't be breaking things. That's what you get for living on the streets. Huh? Okay, Skipper is an eight-year-old beagle mix who works at the San Francisco International Airport. His job is to locate any produce being carried in suitcases that could bring dangerous pests into the United States. Just before Thanksgiving, Skipper located a banana. <gasps> thus... <gasps> what a hero. <laughs> oh, thank God. Buddy, thanks, mate. Go, Skipper. <laughs> thus marking his 20,000th seizure and shattering the previous record. It's not very good no. if the dog keeps having seizures. Does... <laughs> I've been set by another dog at 14,000 food seizures. Hmm. <clears throat> So is he just sniffing out food? Because most <laughs> dogs are pretty good at that. So they found a stray dog who's always been hungry for a while and found he's fucking good at sniffing out food in places. <laughs> <laughs> and just set him loose in the airport. He's done it. He probably just... He, they don't also report on the fact that he's running around eating people's sandwiches and stuff too. <laughs> yep, ruined. <laughs> That's all rich that time. Yeah, no, no, see if there's anything else, sorry. Well, that's pretty much it. Before he worked at the airport, he was a lonely stray who was found living on the streets of Michigan. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it started from the bottom, now I'm here. 20,000 sieges, now I'm here. So he's doing some good work anyway. Got to get my brain checked. So do you guys have any Oh, we go, we finished stories? on the story. <laughs> that's the story and you've that, ruined it. Oh, do you have anything good to say about the story? No, it is good that it's they amazing. helped out of stray dog and he's and actually he's, he's actually thing. given back mm. yeah That's what i wish some people could be like that yeah you know mm. give back to the system mm. well not the system as such but what do you mean give or just back give back to, back to society. people society but you know yeah. not the system the system brings us down you know, we've got to break the system <laughs> do we yeah sometimes sometimes the system's not always correct adam's an anarchist at heart is he? yeah now we're not all anarchists no. at heart no otherwise society wouldn't work <laughs> That's true. <laughs> All yep. right, shall we get onto our animals then? Yes, if you Who's going first? Oh, it's me. We already know what it is. Oh, I mean, no, we well, don't. Does Rich did Rich actually listen? Do you know? Did you what hear it what is? I said? Oh, I've forgotten actually. What do you think? Have you doing? actually? Oh no, I do remember. Right, so the animal I'm doing today is no. Where's the clue? Well, the clue is I burnt my bottom looking for a relative of this animal. No, but you normally do some weird stuff. You burnt your bottom. <laughs> She did. Oh, that's pretty weird in itself. I don't understand. 
I don't understand that clue. No one would have got that. No, that's not a clue. I'm the only one who would have got that. <laughs> and I still wouldn't have got what animal okay, it okay, was. Okay, okay, okay. Um, oh, it's it's um, a warm-blooded reptile. <laughs> you like that one. He likes that clue. <laughs> You've got to say what I'm doing because that's a very visual clue. Um, I don't know if we can repeat it on here. <laughs> looks like you're swimming but biting the air around you. <laughs> Do you know what it is? It's a type of turtle. Okay. And it's not a bony-backed turtle. Mm. Also, it doesn't have a shell. It's a fucking leather-backed sea turtle. Oh. Yeah, I don't know what that is. <laughs> no, no. Right. Know. I've so, heard of it, though. Phylum chordata, class reptilia, order testudines, which are turtles and tortoises, family domocelliidae, and there's only one <laughs> living species in that family. And it's in the genus Dermochelis, and its species Dermochelis coriacea, which is the leatherback sea turtle, also known as the leathery turtle or the loot turtle, because it's got seven ridges that runs the length of its back. So it kind of brings to mind the seven strings, seven strings in the loot. Oh, yeah, like yeah. the instrument. Oh. Yeah. So it's the largest turtle, and it's the fourth largest reptile. The three largest being crocodilians. The largest <laughs> ever found was um, approximately a ton, and it was about 100 years old. They Ooh. can exceed 2.2 meters in the total length, and they have a carapace, which is the shell, of <laughs> up to 1.7 meters. They're counter-shaded. Yeah, they are. And they've got a teardrop-shaped body for moving through the water. So their shell, like other turtles, is a modified ribcage. However, the modified ribcage is covered by skin and oily flesh with embedded minuscule osteoderms. Yeah. So like little bits of bone. So rather than a really hard shell, it's like this leathery skin and fat. Oh, with bone. With little bits of bone. You know, crocodiles, you know, the little scoops they got. They're osteoderms. So it's like that kind of... But really small. small. Like they don't really have scoops as such. It's real small, so... It's more like just a skin over the top and underneath as well. And they've got a really, really thick layer of fat all around their body. What's happened over time is that the bones of the shell has reduced to basically like a ring around the edge with tiny little bits of bone scattered in amongst the skin to hold its shape kind of. What was the advantage of doing that? Do you think? Or maybe there wasn't one? There might not have been one. Well, part of it might have been... Because that layer of fat actually helps contribute to their warm-blooded nature. So keeps her warm. Yeah, so when when they move, their muscles generate heat. Mm. And because of that layer of fat, that, that heat is basically maintained in Store their body. It, yeah. yeah. Mm. So they can maintain uh, temperatures much higher than the cold water that they they live in. So and they're found the sun. Pardon? Without the use of sunlight. Yeah, yeah. So whereas most reptiles like really bask. need to bask to get the energy to do stuff, these turtles don't need that. As long and as they're moving. Yeah, yeah as long as they're moving. Feet. Yeah, indivi- these individuals may spend as little as 0.1% of the day resting. So they're moving pretty much all the time. And that's primarily to keep their body temperature up. Because a lot of their hunting is done in colder waters. So they're found pretty much in all tropical and subtropical oceans. And they can be found... Up in the Arctic Circle. Well, so they can just go wherever they like. They can go wherever they like because they're essentially cold blood. uh, They're essentially warm blooded, despite being a reptile. Yeah. So adult leatherbacks have been found with core body temperatures that were eighteen degrees 
Celsius above the water in which they're swimming. Sure. And their front flippers are the biggest out of all turtles, like proportionally. Their front flippers can grow up to 2.7 metres. They're the fastest moving reptiles. <gasps> fastest speed recorded 35.28 kilometres an hour. That's pretty fast. But generally the they swim between 1.8 to 10.8 kilometres an hour. Just cruising around. Yeah. Still a lot better swimming than we are. Yeah, oh, yeah. And those big, those big <laughs> flippers kind of made for it. Yeah. need those big muscles and those big muscles contribute to the heat yeah. uh, they're really good divers as well so the fact that they can maintain this body temperature means that they can dive quite deep yeah. they've got lungs that mean they can hold air for up to 30 minutes and they've been recorded diving to depths as great as 1280 meters Gee. typically they dive between three and eight minutes but they have occasionally been recorded going longer like 30 to 70 minutes infrequently i'm guessing that would be the larger sea turtles with the bigger lung capacity mm. they subsist almost entirely on jellyfish how mm. they eat this jellyfish and manage to get the maximum energy from it so their whole digestive system is has evolved to deal with this so they don't have any teeth but they've got a sharp beak and the way their mouth closes together they can squeeze all the water out of their mouth and also in their mouth which i'll show you a picture of in a minute they've got all these kind of finger-like pointed projections that all face oh yeah. yeah and they're quite pointy yeah i've seen them they're like little white things they look like they all kind of like go yeah yeah so like the pointy projections and yeah. there's like big central ones and then they're surrounded by smaller little mm. spikes around the base of them so that prevents jellyfish from slipping out of the mouth while they're pushing the water out as well because they get caught on these spikes mm. those same projections are found all the way along their esophagus and their esophagus is the longest in all turtles it's really long and convoluted it's about six times longer than any other turtles and I watched Inside Nature's Giants and when they're taking it apart like it just keeps going on <laughs> it's really long and those and they open it up and these projections are all the way along the esophagus so there's no chance that any jellyfish can come back up basically and what why that esophagus is so long is because it acts like as a storage tube mm. so they'll fill it up with jellyfish won't let anything into the stomach once it's full It'll compress and squeeze all the water out and then the jellyfish will be let in. And that mechanism allows it to eat well, up to its weight in jellyfish every day. So if you've got a sea turtle weighing like a ton, they can eat that much jellyfish in a day. Fucking hell. Which is crazy. Crazy and, there's that many jellyfish around. Yeah, it's, oh, <laughs> it's weird. And they're also along that esophagus it's it's uh, covered with a thick layer of fat as well so they're quite fatty animals mm. which means they're not particularly nice to eat but that layer of fat helps prevent the because it's full of cold seawater so it stops that cooling the rest of the body down mm. when they're swallowing these jellyfish so as i said they're found quite far ranging and they prefer the open ocean and sandy beaches for nesting so unlike some other turtles they will choose beaches which, oh, well, I think that's unlike most of the turtles. They'll prefer beaches that open out just onto the open ocean. So where we've got green sea turtles, I think, coming up where there's coral mm. around the beaches, the leatherbacks will generally not want that. And I guess that's because they are more easily damaged because of their soft shells. And they follow their prey during the day, which means that generally during the day they're deeper in colder water and they follow the jellyfish migration up to shallower waters at night. 
So, the reason why I've chosen this animal today for our bonus episode. I'll talk about sexy time now. So, turtles are horrifically well endowed. (laughs) That was a phrase I found on one of the websites I looked at. Horrifically? Horrifically well endowed, yeah. That sounds scary. (laughs) (laughs) It's normal for the penis to be half the size or longer than the plastron, which is the lower bit of the shell. So, for example, a green sea turtle, it's normal for their penises to be over 30 centimetres long. It's intense. So, the turtle penis contains one vascular erectile body and develops on the ventral surface of the quacka, whereas the mammal penis contains two erectile bodies and is derived from non-cloacal tissue. So, the basically, all that means is that they've arisen independently of each other. Mm. The penis in reptiles and the penis in mammals is derived from different tissue. And yeah, so it, it's like convergent evolution. Yeah, yeah, basically. Similarly to the mammals penises though, they are cylinders that can be engorged by fluid. They're highly vascularized, so there's engorged. <laughs> yeah. There's a good blood supply to them. So for a turtle the length of a penis when engorged can increase by up to 50%. You say engorged again? <laughs> I'd rather you didn't. I'm feeling a bit uncomfortable. <laughs> An engorged penis can be 70%, 75% wider and 10% deeper. When it's uninflated, it's tucked away in their cloaca. Awesome. Like folded up and tucked so away. So they flip it back in. Yeah. It flips in on itself, would it? Like, does it? Is it like folds in? Yeah, because yeah, snakes ones, like the heavy pins, they flip in on themselves. So you can imagine they come out, but then when they go in, they kind of like close it's like, like that. Oh, coil, coil up yeah, sort of thing. I think it kind of just folds over, oh, okay. so it's pulled in and mm. like the muscles. It's like doing a belt tuck. Yeah, I uh, guess so. Yeah. <laughs> good. Good to know. <laughs> Um, so special retractor muscle uh, so the contraction of special retractor muscles causes Mm. the internal penis to undouble and protrude out of the turtle's cloaca (laughs) and these muscles are known as being physiologically rugged and of extreme endurance that's what you want so they've got very strong muscles in that area and unlike mammal penises it's got multiple layers of collagen fibers. So in mammal penises, you've got maybe two layers, one going one way and another one, another oh, layer going that, another way. So layer. collagen fibers is just basically strengthening, I think. Oh, okay. So there. So you could bash pretty... a nail in with it. <laughs> Probably. <You> should. <laughs> um, yeah, so they're very stiffening. Hmm. So the turtle penis contain, consists of a shaft and a distinct head or glands. That's typically dark grey, purple, or blackish. Oh, yeah. It's kind of prehensile, so the the strong muscles allow it to bend round the shell at least partially while it's mating. And additionally, males have slightly longer tails than females, and the location of the coaca is part way down the tail. So the um, the tail bending round actually helps the penis reach the female. Additionally, along the length of the penis, there's a groove for delivery of sperm. So that's external. So you know in a mammal penis, they've got the internal tube oh. for delivery of sperm. That's actually quite unusual in the, ma- in the animal kingdom to have it internally. A lot of animals have it externally. But when it's 
engorged <laughs> it kind of acts <laughs> like <laughs> it kind of acts like an internal tube but it, it is an external structure or does it fold over a bit well yeah because if you imagine when like for example if you're blowing up a balloon or something like it kind of fold round a little bit oh, yeah. to stop the sperm escaping because it's all underwater so you can't exactly like do they do it underwater yeah so it's got a sort of direct it and keep yeah. it in yeah otherwise you just end up with a sea squirt and this groove is surrounded by what's called seminal ridges hmm. so it's just another way to keep the sperm in near the head the groove is surrounded by fissures or sinuses associated with mobile skin folds so basically it can control these skin folds at the head of the penis and it can also control the ridges along the groove as well Sounds pretty good for the female turtle. <laughs> it's a, one of the places I read uh, said that the structures on the surface of the glands can open and close like a flower. It's like, mm. it brings a new term to, was it like, deep, was it deflowering? <laughs> <laughs> um, but in sea turtles, this, like the folds and stuff are a, a lot more simple than in some of the, in other turtles. So they've got a pointed glands and just a single fissure, but they can still control that. I guess it's to help plug the female and again to help stop sperm escaping and to direct sperm and possibly even to help their sperm compete with other male sperm. Mm. So as we've alluded to, they mate in the open ocean. Males, interestingly, almost never leave the water. Once they've hatched and gone in the water, it's very, very rare for them to leave it. Well, there's no point, is there? Not really, no. So the females will come on land to nest, but the males will just stay out. So they're very well adapted to doing everything in the open ocean. After encountering a female, which possibly exudes a pheromone to signal her re- reproductive status, the male uses head movements, nuzzling, biting, or flipper which movements. Which head? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got some strong muscles there. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it didn't specify, so <laughs> maybe, yeah. Do the I helicopter mean, real good. <laughs> <laughs> so he uses those movements to determine her receptiveness. So they couple for a few hours, but it can be over a day. Jesus. So he'll kind of latch on with his front flippers. <laughs> I tend to latch on as well. <laughs> with your front flippers. Um... Not for yeah. a day, though. For but <laughs> rival males will come and Three try minutes. and mate with this female as <laughs> well. Being generous. <laughs> On a good day. <laughs> On a good day. <laughs> Only well rested. Yeah. <laughs> so the females will mate with a number of other males, and these rival males will come and try and take, like, get this male off. Normally, when they're going to the surface to have a breath, so it's the female basically has to carry him up to the surface to have a breathe, and at that point the rival males will come and try and flip him off. <laughs> Fuck you, mate. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they, they bite his tail and flippers hard enough to draw blood and tear flesh repeatedly to try to try to get him to let her go. Shit. Mm-hmm. He's just like, Fuck it, I need this. <laughs> <laughs> Worth it. So males can mate every year, but the females mate every two to three years, so it's a bit more exhausting for the females, so they do it less often. So one female may lay as many as nine clutches in one breeding season and about nine days pass between nesting events. The average clutch size is around 110 eggs, 85% of which are viable. That's that? like nine, was it 100 eggs? No, it's just like nearly a thousand eggs. Mm-hmm. Are they all from the same male then? No, because she'll mate with several males. 
But then how does it choose which sperm makes which eggs? The sperm fights. Pretty much, yeah. Sperm so it's, it's the same as if you just sperm. had one male, like the strongest sperm will get yeah. to the eggs. Oh, so I'm... she mates with as many males as possible to have the best reproductive success. So maybe if she didn't mate with so many, she could do it every year. <laughs> <laughs> Are you slut shaming the leatherback? <laughs> I think turtle? I am. Yeah. <laughs> like if you just didn't go at it so hard <laughs> and just spread it out a bit more. Yeah. Warmer temperatures produce females and cooler temperatures produce males. One of the myths about the leatherback sea turtles is that the females cry when they leave their eggs. Not true. They've actually got a very, very brain, tiny right. brain in their head. The majority of their head is actually taken up by these two big salt glands. Yeah, know? salt glands. And they basically process the water and excrete the salt, like really briny liquid out, and that comes out of their eyes. Now in the water, mm. that's all washed away. Yeah, and you wouldn't But when it that. comes out onto the land, like then you can crying. see it. <laughs> oh. like, no, it's not, not crying. crying. Stop being so... You get... You see that on Facebook and someone, someone says like a real sciencey thing and someone's like, yeah, well, you don't know every single turtle, so you don't know that no, <laughs> particular yeah. turtle's not actually crying. You it's know, like, it could be really crying. upset. No, it's not because its brain's so small. It doesn't have the, the parts have the in the brain yeah. that yeah. D- determine emotion like we do. So even though these turtles are the biggest turtles in the world, mm-hmm. when they're hatched, they're pretty much That's on par with other turtles. So they're about... On average, 61.3 millimetres in carapace length, so shell length, and weigh around 46 grams. So little tiny guys mm-hmm. hatching out and getting to sea. Cute. And about mm-hmm. 99% of them die. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah They're like a 1% high. survival rate. That's why she has so many. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. There's so, so many things come to eat them. Mm-hmm. Conservation-wise, the recent estimates of global nesting populations are that are that 26 to 43,000 females nest annually, which is a dramatic decline from the 115,000 estimated in 1980. So major threats to them, balloons and plastic bags, because they look like jellyfish to a sea turtle. So they eat them. So they eat them, it blocks their digestive tracts, even if they don't get blocked, there's no nutrition, so they're wasting energy and time and space eating this plastic, you know, so it's, it's taking space from jellyfish. Another threat is that people around the world still harvest sea turtle eggs. The Asian exploitation of turtle nests have been cited as the most significant factor for the species' global population decline. I don't really know what they do with them. They eat them. Probably eat them. Put them in some medicine, some cream to rub on yourself, some other bullshit thing. To get your big penis or something like that. They're occasionally caught as bycatch, entanglement in lobster pot ropes is another hazard, and pollution is another one. They're listed as vulnerable on the IUCN and they're listed as CITES, is that how you say it? Appendix mm-hmm. 1, which make, means that the export and import of them or their babies or it's eggs illegal. or whatever is illegal. In which countries? It's global. So CITES how, is global, isn't so it? So how come people are still harvesting so. them then? Because they're doing it illegally on the black market. Jesus, right? <laughs> Do you not know anything? I just don't understand how someone can harvest enough quantity of turtle eggs and nobody notices. Well, they, they don't, so they don't notice and then they get, they make so much money out of it so people might turn a blind eye. Because mm. the more you make it like taboo, the more money that rich people will pay for it. Yeah. And the more it's the like, same with any pockets can be long. Animal exploitation. Mm. So there's like... It's a system. <laughs> <laughs> Down with the system. Yeah. So, a few little interesting <sighs> facts before we finish and move on to Adam's. Yes. Okay. 
Observational data suggests that male turtles might employ their organs in display or aggression. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, I've included this because it's quite a funny observation, but it's for the common box turtle. Sometimes males will distend their organ, neither while mating nor while in the presence of females. Usually while bathing or drinking, the turtle will submerge the front half of his body, rise upon his back legs, and drop his organ through the cloaca. It is a sight to behold. <laughs> and one that can startle both, both novice and experienced hepaticulturists alike. Is it, it engorged when he does that? Yeah, it's engorged. <laughs> the organ itself is large in proportion to the turtle and dark purple in colour. After several seconds, the turtle will retract the organ back through the cloaca. It may repeat this process once or twice. <laughs> masturbating. <laughs> and leatherback turtles are also known to evert the penis as a response to handling. So you can be handling them and they'll just be like, whoop, whoop. Handle <laughs> um, this, will ya? <laughs> <laughs> but that might just be uh, a response to their plastron being touched. Yeah, uh, it's a pressure putting someone. Like, yeah. A lot of reptiles do that. Mm. If you're a bit, they get stressed out and they'll like show you their penises. <laughs> So another interesting fact is because they're so big, they really don't do well with injuries to their front flippers. They just, because they can't then oh, swim, they can't keep their body temperature up. Mm-hmm. And they um, die. Yeah, and they die. So they've made turtle prostheses. Yeah. So they've made like little plastic flippers, like oh, okay. movable ones. So And I did see a video of one in Japan and it had two front like prosthetic front flippers and it was it went out into sea. I guess there's not a lot of too much movement on them and stuff, no i think the main thing you would be concerned about is the muscles but i i reckon most of the musculature would be it inside its yeah. body yeah i'd say so it would just be the actual front flip a bit mm. that's being replaced predation is only an impact really when they're young or in eggs so the, a lot of coastal predators will take them uh-huh. but they are occasionally overwhelmed and preyed on by larger predators like killer whales and large sharks however the leatherback sea turtle can be quite aggressive <laughs> One was seen chasing a great white shark once it was attacked <laughs> by one. And like, then, fuck you, man. Just bite it, like. <laughs> yeah, like chase, actively chasing after it. And the shark's like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> and then, because the, obviously this research boat was following it, it chased the shark off and then it turned and started attacking the boat. <laughs> <laughs> fuck it, not messing really with me, eh? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck you. So yeah, so that's my final interest. Haven't been made for three years. <laughs> <laughs> that's the leatherback sea turtle. Yeah, awesome. Cool. Horrifically well endowed with its engorged member. I like that. Yep, it's good. Right. Yeah, I like an engorged no. member. <laughs> Alright, it's so my turn now. Yeah. I reckon so. Alright, I'm doing a real well it's easy for me because I talk about this animal all the time. Mm-hmm. Is it you? No, it's very lazy. No. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's a koala. <laughs> Some pretty interesting stuff though. Koala or no, Fascularactus cinereus, I believe is its scientific name. It's a marsupial, which is, uh, you know, one of three types of mammals. Marsupials, uh, called babies are called joeys, and when joeys are born, they're born quite undeveloped, and a lot of the, you know, a lot of the development happens in the pouch. That's probably the biggest difference, you know, whereas other mammals like us have babies inside our stomachs, and they stay there for a long time, whereas a marsupials is a very short gestation period uh, where does it live uh, koalas are found on the east coast and southeast coast of australia in uh, eucalyptus forests or areas where a lot of eucalyptus trees grow and uh, the reason they're found there is because of the food they eat so they only eat eucalyptus leaves also oh, they found pretty much from like cans if anyone doesn't know the east coast and southeast coast of australia from cans 
all the way down through all the way down Queensland through New- Victoria, New South Wales, and all that, and um, along the coast of South Australia, like New South Wales along to South Australia, uh, into like Adelaide, even that far south, sort of thing. So yeah, each individual koala has like a home range, which can, which can span a few acres to hundreds of acres, depending on their habitat and where they live and how much destruction's been done. These home ranges can overlap a bit, but koalas don't actually interact with each other very much. They're solitary animals. If two territorial males do come in contact with each other, they will fight, and they can quite they fight quite ferociously as well. They've got really sharp teeth, like really strong jaws. Not so much sharp teeth, but their jaws are strong. You can imagine they chew eucalyptus all day. There well, was not that all day, for Aussie Man hours, Review yeah. video, wasn't there yeah, recently? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. two on the road. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they they um they got really strong jaws. Um, the males and even the females, they have really strong arms as well, and really um strong claws. So, yeah, they can do a bit of damage to each other, and it's pretty nasty. But they don't come into contact very often, and so these fights are quite rare. Uh, and a lot of the time, they're not really fighting to, to the death or anything because, one, this uses a lot of energy. Uh, they'd much rather avoid it. Uh, and so, and two, you know, they don't want to die. No one wants to die. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Some people want to die. So, and also depending That's on their... very dark. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Mitch. <laughs> right. Sorry. <laughs> also, depending on their range, um, also depends on the size of the koala as well. So, a koala can range in size from about 5 to 15 kilos. So, the ones further north, so, and in mostly in Queensland, they're called like the northern variety and they're like a lot smaller. They're, they're usually between 5 and about 8 to 9 kilos maybe maximum. Whereas um, the further south you go, the larger they get. And there's some in like Victoria and South Australia, which have like, well, I like, reckon they're like 16 kilo koalas, <laughs> like 15 kilo koalas. Pretty crazy. Yeah. So going to what they eat, obviously, so the eucalyptus leaves. Uh, in Australia, there's about 700 different species of eucalypt. Koalas are known to eat, uh, I used to think it was like 50, but I've read koalas eat approximately 80 of those. But depending on their range and depending on where they're found, kind of depends on what they eat, obviously. So some of the species don't really grow in all those ranges. So they probably only eat about, you know, up to 20 different species that might grow. And a lot of, and even some koalas only eat like, you know, one species mainly. And a, a lot of koalas love blue gum. You know, that's one of their favorites. They said our koalas at the zoo, they love blue gum and peppermint gum. So koalas sleep about 18 to 20 hours a day. And there's a myth saying that like the eucalyptus leaves makes them drunk or high. Mm-hmm. But it's not actually true. Uh, what it is is the leaves nutritionally aren't, like, they don't have very much nutrition in them. So they have to sleep to conserve energy. And so when they're not sleeping, they're eating. So they eat about 10% of their body weight per day in leaves, which is pretty crazy. It's like up to a, like a kilo to a kilo and a half of leaves a day. And to put that in a comparison, that'll be like me, for example, eating like eight and a half kilos of food in the space of about four hours. <laughs> So that's pretty crazy. Although it wouldn't be that exciting because it'd be like eating eight and a half kilos of celery, for example. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. salad. Yeah, just salad, <laughs> solid salad. And then, uh, and so I would get pretty tired and want to sleep after that. Cause not much energy to do much <laughs> you'd else. You'd just be really depressed as well. I think so. Yeah, yeah. You'd be like, oh, fucking. Sal-. I don't know how I'm vegans are gonna so how sad. they feel. Like. So is yeah. this the real reason why koalas sleep most of the day? Yeah, they're they're actually really sad because all they can eat is <laughs> need some Prozac. leaves. leaves. <laughs> What's going on? Tastes shit, and it's all the same. No, I don't think they mind too much. So um, so yeah, <laughs> it's, it's pretty crazy though. That's it's a lot of a lot of food to eat per day. But they need they need it because um, the leaves actually take quite a lot of energy to digest as well, mm-hmm. and they can take up to a hundred hours to digest, like up to like five, even a week sometimes. But they're really efficient at getting all the energy they need out of the leaves. Because they only eat eucalyptus leaves, it's actually kind of a kind of a good and a bad thing. So the good thing is they don't have any competition for food in the wild. Koalas are the only mammals able to eat eucalyptus leaves like without being affected by the toxins in them. 
And that's because it takes so long to digest them. Yeah, but the, the bad part about it, so they don't have any competition for food, which helps out in the wild. Like, it's really good not having to compete with anyone. But the bad problem is because of um, a lot of human damage to the environment uh, and habitat destruction, you know, if you knock out all of the eucalyptus trees, um, then there's going to be no koalas. They've literally not evolved, like, really much of anything else. This is their, like, staple diet. It's not to say that they don't eat anything else. There are cases of koalas eating other things. And, like, the more... So, it's like, it was actually found... Yvette was telling me about this study. It was, I think it was found that the more dominant koalas have 60% or more eucalyptus... Like, they've done, like, scat um, oh, studies yeah. and that. But they're, like, really low dominant ones could have up to 60% of something else in their diet oh, as well. Okay. But it's usually things like acacia... Um, Malaluka, like things that are kind of similar to eucalyptus, mm. but it's just only really a filler and they definitely, you know, they need the eucalyptus. And so, yeah. uh, without koalas, without, sorry, eucalyptus trees, there'll be no koalas and they'll probably just all die out, mm. uh, which is a problem with eating the one thing because, you know, that's, yeah. there's no other food source available. Could they eat something? I know they won't. Well, they do sometimes. But, sometimes. I mean, yeah. could you make them live? They won't thrive on they it, and it'll take it, yeah. so long for them yeah, to adapt. Because di- the way their to... digestive systems are, they're, yeah. they're very well much adapted to the eucalyptus. So to take that away, I think you'd lose, like, it just lose. It's just, so essentially what it is, they've, they've developed eating eucalyptus over thousands of years, mm. and we're taking that away from them in the space of, like, 50 years yeah. to 100 years, you know? When, and even if the habitat destruction continues the way it is, I think they're saying, like, in the next 15 to 20 years, there'll be, like, barely any koalas left because mm. essentially, like, you know, like, so they live on the east coast and southeast coast of Australia. Majority of, like, he, like population of Australia is on the east southeast coast of Australia, so pretty mm. much exactly where koala habitat is, yeah. and that's only increasing each year. So, so sexy time. I mean, everyone likes this. I haven't got any cool words like engorged or anything <laughs> like that. But what? Koalas are generally solitary animals. Um, like I said before, they don't live in groups and prefer to be alone, although during the mating season, which occurs in the spring and summer, uh, koalas will interact with each other more, um, for obvious reasons, sexy time, but not much more, apparently, according to, there's a scientist, uh, Bill Ellis, and he said that, um, during the breeding season, particularly at night between 12am and 4am, males start making these loud mating calls called bellows, um, can you and, do one? Oh, I can try. Go yeah. on It's good. Is that actually what they sound like? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. But each bellow is unique to the koala. I wonder what kind of message I'm sending. Hopefully, it's a good <laughs> one. But it's um, it's unique to each koala. And what that, that bellow actually does is the females hear it and they start. That's how it starts estrus. That's what gets them all in the mood. They hear this, you know, hear that. They get they horny. Get, yeah, they get a bit horny. And so um, they'll actually start seeking out those males that are making those noises. But they will be seeking out specific males because in that in their bellows each individual one they're actually sending out things like what size they are their bellows are produced by structure in the animal's larynx and they actually provide yeah information about the size of the koala that are unique and are unique to each individual male and it was once believed that um the largest males would always get the females uh and then and the smaller males you know because they can tell from the bellows wouldn't but it's actually been found out that what happens is the females are actually going for something they haven't got before So they're actually not going just for the largest ones. It's actually pretty good for like genetic diversity. I think the females are actually, yeah, like like trying to find which males they haven't been with before and like a bit of variety. Yeah, a bit of variety. So it's not always (laughs) the largest ones that um yeah get picked by the females. So Mm. scientists are still a little bit baffled as how it all goes down. But it's believed when a female hears the bellow she likes, she'll go on a it said excursion, I said it's a sex excursion. Um <laughs> to find him in his home range. And you said you didn't have any good words. <laughs> a sex excursion. Uh when a male finds a female in his territory, he'll approach her in a tree, sniffing constantly as he gets close to her. So he'll 
you know, they do um they do spread a bit of scent, so males have a scent gland, that's another way they're located, but um also female and that they'll spread urine and that. So they'll be they'll be sniffing, you know, checking her out, you know what's going on. It's not known how a female decides whether or not she's interested in the male, but she'll cry out if she doesn't want to mate with him. So she'll make that kind of real sad. Yeah. I don't know the noise. It's that real, like, you would have heard it before. It's like this real, like, sad kind of screeching noise. Like, I don't know. Caramella made a yeah. real sad noise the other day when I had to inject her. Yeah, yeah. She's, yeah. It's <laughs> genuinely not... almost cry. Yeah, they're very, very sad noises. Kyla's yeah. could make some noises, yeah. Um, the male being much larger, though, can try to force himself on her. Which happens. Rapey. Yes. But she'll bite and scratch him, climb away, and even jump to another tree branch. She'll do everything she can to get away from him. And it's been noted that females appear to reject males more successfully than they accept them in the world. Like, you know, okay. so females tend to be the winners there. They can get away quite quite mm-hmm. well and, and that. So uh, when a female does accept a male, though, the pair quickly gets to business and it's not very gentle. Uh, the male climbs onto the female from Vigorous. behind. Bites the back of her neck and briefly copulates with her. And I've seen males and female koalas mating, obviously. And it is pretty, pretty crazy. It's like lots of noise and then there's like grabbing on. It's just like real quick too. He's like, bam, 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 bam. And then like, he's just done. A little three pump jump. Yeah, he's done. He's gone. That's it. He might try again, but that's generally it. So, because this episode is our bonus episode and um, and you wonder how koalas fit into that. I haven't really mentioned that yet. But the reason um, they fit in that is they got a very unique penis and the females actually have quite a unique vagina as well. So, I wanted to keep it, you know, gender neutral. You know, okay, good. Boost up both the sexes. Mm-hmm. Koalas have a double-headed penis. And I found a lot of marsupials do as well. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And females have two vaginas um, with a third birthing That's vagina. It's a, there's No, they, they get three. A birthing vagina forms. Uh, to bring the new joints to the world and then close us back up. Wow. I know. So you don't have to ruin your one vagina having no, a baby. No, how, like, how amazing <laughs> yeah, you is that? Could ruin that one. I thought they'd be jealous. Yeah, I thought a lot of, lot of jealous girls. Keep you know, the others like, nice and tight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's pretty crazy. I thought that's pretty much like that's the only reason they fit in this because they got a real unique sexual organ there. Okay. I don't know the size or anything. I didn't get any detail of that. I just thought it was cool. It's like double headed, you know? A little piece, so are they, little piece penis. Can they move independently? Or no, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I don't think so. So is that to so it's to, to fertilize in both of the vaginas? I'd then? say so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Just like, whoop. yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, after feeding occurs, females will return to their home range to gestate for about thirty six days, which is again like I can hear a lot. Like <laughs> it's funny in my talks, a lot of like the mums there are like, oh, no, I wish that was that, <laughs> you know. You're like, yeah. That, but, but then um, it goes in the pouch. It goes in the pouch for another six to eight months. And during this time in the pouch, they're fed mostly milk. But then I think at about like four months, they start getting fed something called pap. Mm. And uh, this pap is uh, what gives, introduces good bacteria into the digestive system, which helps break down the eucalyptus leaves, which isn't naturally occurring um, outside of, you know, the mums giving it to the babies. Uh, and all it is is pretty much like running koala poo. So they feed their babies poo. Give them a squirty poo. Yeah, yeah. And um, that introduces it. Like a lot of animals do that. Like elephants will eat little baby elephants eat adult elephant poo and stuff. And yeah, lucky people don't do that. It's the other way around for dogs. The mum eats the baby's poo. Yeah, <laughs> that's just the cleaning. Oh, dogs yeah. eat chicken poo. Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah. So um. So yeah, six to eight months in the pouch, um, eating a mixture of so milk and then pap. After about six to eight months, they come out of the pouch and then spend another six to eight months on the mum's back and just learning how to be a koala, which is sleeping and eating. <laughs> so, um, you know, after about three years, they become sexually mature. Uh, but they have been known to 
have babies as young as like 12 months, which if you think about it, it's pretty crazy because they've like, they've literally just left their mum. Yeah. So that's pretty crazy. It's like a little kid koala. It's not, that doesn't bode well given the rape culture in male koalas. No, <laughs> not at all. I know what you're trying to do. I know. Yeah, <laughs> and that's rude. Um, <laughs> but she won't. She won't begin um, mating again until her offspring's like left her and stuff. I'm and just they, salty because your honey badger's one. They <laughs> are <laughs> typical. And they usually um, they only mate once a year, but the females do. But the males might mate with several females oh, in okay. one season. Now, threat the biggest threats to koalas are people, not just people themselves. So a lot of it's habitat destruction. People bring dogs and cats and introduce predators like that as well. Um, a lot of killed by foxes too, like unintroduced predators. Mm. A lot of killed on roads each year, um, which, of course, are caused by people. Take a long um, time to cross the road. Yeah. No, it's because they, <laughs> people don't slow down for them. Mm. Or they just hit them and there's those threats. So they also, because the habitat's getting smaller and, like I said, they're solitary animals and males fight. I think, I've not really seen this recorded anywhere, but it's just a bit of a theory of my own. Um, it's that because the habitat's getting smaller, koalas are coming into more contact with each other mm. and then they, then they naturally should be. And so the disease rate is a lot higher. And also because they're so stressed, like they're so, yeah, it gets, um, they get more affected by disease as well because their immune systems are compromised. And so males are probably fighting with males more than they should and spreading disease quicker and things like that. Uh, and I think naturally koalas generally don't have many natural predators. So it might be the odd python or the, or an eagle. But apart from that, they're pretty safe up in the trees. And I think we read that foxes mm. are now learning to get koalas out of trees. Yeah, so they're being really affected by the land clearing, the introduced predators, the, the cars, so much so that this disease that used to be kind of a good thing for keeping the levels at bay, um, because koalas, like you said, would like they breed out of control and they'd eat and kill you. So, so the, this di- this natural die-off is actually a good thing, but now that coupled with like um, everything, everything else, else yeah. has actually really like yeah hitting them pretty bad. And so there's about. Only they reckon about anywhere between forty to eighty thousand koalas left in Australia. They used to be, uh, you know, millions. Um, mm. And in the like, in in the la- you know last century sort of thing, uh, they used to be hunted out. Uh, they hunt millions were hunted for like fur and stuff like that, and they haven't really been able to regain. Yeah, it's pretty sad. Yeah, hmm. a few like interesting facts about koalas. Um, they can swim. A lot of people know that. Mm. They're pretty good swimmers. Do they swim? Yeah, if they have to get from, like, one side of the creek to the other to get oh, to yeah. new areas of the eucalyptus and that is, yeah. They have fingerprints like us as well. Like, not a lot of people know that, but they have a little... So, if you were to put, like, a koala fingerprint on a bit of paper with ink and the nails next to it, it'd look very similar. Uh, also, koalas aren't um, aren't very smart as well. So, they, and that's just an evolutionary thing. They've only... They're not had to be very smart. The reason we know this is because... You'll notice with a lot of brains in mammals and stuff is, you know, in humans, for example, they have all these folds. Mm. And so what that does is that that, um, increases the surface area of the brain. Uh, Whereas koalas actually have an all smooth brain. (laughs) So their brains don't have any wrinkles in it. Tiny little marbles. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's actually not a, it's not a tiny size. It's like the size of, oh, okay. Oh, it's it's like probably the size of their fist even maybe, you know, like, but yeah, but it's just all smooth. So whereas ours, if we stretched it out, it's actually like. Is it like two times the size of our head? Like if we were to get our brains, yeah, in, yeah it's like huge. They just need to eat, and they need to sleep, and they need to mate. You can bring up a koala's mating. You can search that maybe. So his is a lot better than mine. What the hell? Yeah, 
pretty good bellow though, eh? Mm. It's really... And they can actually... Apparently, they can travel, like, similar to a lion's rule. They can travel kilometers, like, we just can't hear it. But, yeah, oh. very similar, just, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Well, that was weird. <laughs> That's the animal done. That's oh, double-headed penis koala. Have we got any questions, Rich? Yeah, what's a koala taste like? Adam, you've probably tried it. <laughs> what? What's a koala taste like? You've probably tried <laughs> oh, it. No, I haven't tried koala. Yeah. You would, though. Someone's like, got a bit of koala here. Cooked it up. Actually, they have like a bit of a eucalyptus taste to it, I'd say. Is eucalyptus taste nice? No. Have you had eucalyptus lollies before? Are the lozenges? No. Delicious. Really? Very delicious, yeah. Actual eucalyptus leaves taste gross, though. Have you eaten one? James ate one. James ate one. Yeah. What? He was trying to show me how gross they were. And so like, he oh. ate one. Yeah. <laughs> These are disgusting, look. <laughs> that was pretty much what it was like. They're like, yeah, they look disgusting. You could have just said they were disgusting. I would have believed it. Yeah. He's a tripper sometimes. <laughs> Watch my face okay. when I eat it. You'll realize how disgusting it is. Yeah. Come on, Rich. Come on, what? what do you mean? What do you want? Well, I've asked you a question. Come on, Rich. You said, did I have I'd any questions? Yeah, uh, or are you ready to make a decision? Oh, I have to decide. Well, you know what's going on. Uh, I could have choose a turtle. Yeah, I know you would, because yes. of the engorging penis. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the no, reason? No, koalas are really cute too, but yeah, one's right. pooed on me before, so... <laughs> <laughs> so hang on, one, no, one koala pooed on you. That's not the reason. <laughs> <laughs> what's your reason? I don't hardly have a very good reason this time. Is it just the, your gut? Because mm, the koala, baby koalas, well, koalas in general are really cute too. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. Don't have a good reason. Okay. Sorry. I'm happy for my win though. Thank you. So Normally this means. I do have a reason. Well, you know what this means. What does this mean? Me and Adam have equal numbers of animals to draw? go through into the bonus episode the bonus oh. because That's... we were even last time and then he's just won honey badger on his pole oh, and okay. i've just won this one even even stevens mm. stevens so we'll see no, they're both pretty cool animals all right yeah so before we go for lunch mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. the yeah. vet what? sent us a couple of idiot of the weeks oh okay we've got a few fucking hell and uh yeah i believe adam would like to tell us a story as well do i well, Which yeah, that's, that's what you've, oh. <laughs> that's what you've alluded to. Because yeah. <laughs> well, that, that chick who kicked the dog just because oh, her yeah. ex-boyfriend oh, yeah, was then. fucking... Is that, yeah, I didn't really get involved or even look at it too much, but was it basically her ex? It was his dog or something, or what? It was his dog, but I think he might have, like, I don't know, really, the story took off something, left it with her. And then apparently what happened is, like, they were sending messages to her. And so, like, you know, it was kind of being mean to her. But so she thought in all her 17 years of experience and how to deal with a good situation that it'd be a brilliant idea to to take multiple videos of her kicking the dog until it was, like, yelping. And then sending oh, and it, then to send him. it to him. Yeah. And then now, obviously, he's going to put on social media because, you know, I mean, that's not what I'd do. I would have kept quiet about it, drove up to Rocky and beat the shit out of her. <laughs> but um that's I mean, we do not condone abuse there would be a video of adam beating up some 17 year old yeah. well she would be 17 but, you know. <laughs> oh. but yeah so it got posted on, it got posted on social media and then yeah. the police got wind of it yeah and everyone was calling for her to be fined like massively or yeah like, something but she bad didn't happened. she got banned from holding her having a pet for two years yeah banned from having a pet for two years and the dog got released into her mum's custody and yeah. she lives with her mum. So, 
Yeah. This fuck all's happened, basically. Really and she annoying. turned up to court. This is With no proper sh- yeah, Rockhampton. She didn't have any shoes on. She yeah. just was like proper bogan. It's fucking ridiculous, hey. I would have, if I was the judge, I would have seen it and I would have been like, you didn't even make an effort. You've not even shown any respect to come to court here. Yeah. Like, and you come looking like this. Now I know you own a pair of shoes. <laughs> you know, surely you do. They can't use that and it's not relevant to it's the case. It's just because if you're not going to show enough respect from, yeah, to go to the courtroom respect. looking nice, yeah, I, then, you're not gonna sh- then how much respect are you going to show with the rest I, of I, I agree, but you can't so. then judge people based on their appearance. It's about based things. on their actions, if anything, mm. I think. But it's, there's no, think there's it's no dress code, I think, for that. I think there should be. Possibly yeah. should. There's a dress code to get all I mean, there's a, there's a reason why a lot of the time <laughs> when you go to court, like, yeah, yeah you dress smart up enough. to to give a good impression. I've been to court yeah. twice, and, <laughs> and each time I've dressed up nicely, and I've, I feel like I've come out with a positive experience. Yeah, yeah. you probably you would hope so because you want to make a good impression. She exactly. obviously well, you, didn't care. No, clearly not. But it not. didn't really make. I just much don't of a make. I just don't really know. Like she's seventeen. Mm. She's a child. Mm. Her mum was there. Why is her mum not tried to intervene or? Tell her you need to dress smart. You know, like, her mum's just got no authority, obviously. No. Just, you know, it's a bit yeah. ridiculous. And you mean, like, where does it extend to, you know? Like, her mum obviously doesn't care enough about her daughter yeah. to teach her right from wrong. Yeah. Or her mum was never taught. It's just a vicious Quite often cycle. often it's a generational isn't it? yeah. thing, isn't it? It's a vicious cycle. Mm. And, it, and it only stops with um, the next children sort of thing. I think once it's 17, like, it's almost too late. You've yeah. learned too much, yeah. Yeah. So we've got another Rockhampton-based idiot oh, here from a vet. This one too, yeah. Oh, this one, yeah. Heartless prank injures Rocky's favourite horses. So around our CBD, there's um, a guy who goes around with a uh, what kind of horse is that? A Clydesdale, Clydesdale. horse, mm-hmm. and it pulls a cart. A cart. And you can get a ride. And you can get a, a carriage, carriage, yeah, and you can get a nice ride round in it. I don't like that they do that anyway. Because quite often they do it on rowdy nights out, and I don't think it's particularly nice for the horse to the do it. The horse but is probably used to it now. I think the guy does look after the horse quite well. Oh, I'm sure he does, yeah. Um, yeah. So it says here, every weekend Steve May trots his iconic Clydesdales to the Rockhampton CBD to spread joy among young families. And I think little kids yeah, like kids going for a ride it, in yeah. it, yeah. Uh, but after a horrific incident on Friday night, Steve is torn whether to keep his tradition going. After a regular night's trade on East Street, Kenny and Bailey the Clydesdales were leading Steve home down Key Street past the Criterion Hotel. I always sit hard to the left of the road to let traffic flow, he said. Around 9.30, a white hatch came up past us and it was nothing unusual at first. A heartbroken Steve told how the driver then stopped, reached across to the passenger window and discharged a fire extinguisher in the horse's faces. The horse got frightened, didn't know what to do. The driver then sped off down the street and Steve didn't realise how bad it affected his beloved horses until he got home. Kenny's eyes were full of it, he said, and Bailey's nose was running, trying to flush it out of his system. (laughs) Is the horse all right now, though? I think the horse is all right now, but apparently like stuff like this happened before. Just before Christmas, a passing car egged egged them. Uh (laughs) Um, Yeah. Dickheads. Just, yeah. Why are you trying to why abuse would, the animals for? Just be why would you pull up again next to some horse and think, I know I'm going to let off a fire extinguisher? I think next time he just needs, because he's actually got every right to be on, in the middle of the road. He doesn't actually have to pull to the side. That's just a courteous thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and especially where he's going down Key Street there, it's only like 20, 30 kilometers an hour. Yeah. You know? I think next time to avoid that, just go into the middle yeah. of the road and the cars can fucking wait. Yeah. 
Fuck that shit. I'm sure a lot of people, if they knew what was happening, yeah. would be respectful of that. And no one's understand. driving around that much at that later night anyway. No. He's going home. It no. wouldn't affect too many people. And I think there are a lot of dickheads, though. There are. Yeah. Vigilante squad. So, they're idiots. Lots like of idiots. I can beat mm. them to death with a fire extinguisher. Oh, my God. I thought we didn't condone violence. Now, all of a sudden, it's okay. It's all right when it's me. Typical. And a final idiot from Yvette was this guy who got bitten by a brown snake. <laughs> what was he doing? So Is that the idiot re- reason? There's a video here. I'm just going to stop video as well. It annoys me how, how the news reports it as well. Yeah. Like, it's all very dramatic. He's lucky to be alive. Victim. Victim. They called it snake bite. Victim. Yeah. When he's the idiot, and it just spreads fear and misinformation about these snakes. But anyway, so he's labelled as a snake bite victim here. Last Wednesday, he noticed a snake in his backyard. But when he tried to remove it, it bit him on the hand. Why did he... No idea. He decided to drive himself to hospital. <laughs> also stupid. Didn't think to ring the ambulance. So I'm not going to play any more of it. So basically, he tried to remove the snake from his backyard for a start, instead of either A, leaving, leaving it. it, or B, if you're really, really that bothered about it, Poor get snake a snake catcher. catcher. Yeah. yeah. So. He's an idiot for trying to move it anyway. And whether he was actually trying to move it or trying to kill it is yeah, left up Yeah, he's probably not going to be like, yeah, I was trying to kill it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was almost definitely trying to kill it given the attitude oh, of a lot of the people. Oh, we don't know, but it could have been, yeah. Uh, That's just a, a presumption, yeah. I think there's a high chance that he was trying to kill it. Yeah. So, first of all, he shouldn't have done that. And second of all, why would he... So, he's... How old would you say he is? Oh, he's probably like 60, no, 55, 50s, 60. Yeah. yeah. He called his mum first. I've been bitten by <laughs> So Mom! she's what, like, Mom! 70, 80-year-old woman. <laughs> what the fuck Fucking is she going to do? bitten me. Yeah. <laughs> and then he drove himself. I don't know. Oh, no, he was going to. He never made it that far, did he? What a dickhead. Yeah, what so an absolute idiot. So, endanger some other people. Yeah, he is lucky to be alive, but frankly, he doesn't deserve to be alive. <laughs> so the rest of the world's not very lucky. No, no well... <laughs> He should have just rang the ambulance, huh? Yeah. What they're there for. Yeah. Should have done a few different well, Yeah, and, and that's the way so. the news has reported it. That's almost worse. That, yeah, it is worse. Because the news makes yeah. out that... He's the one that's... Like, it yeah, shouldn't, it shouldn't be on the news. It's like, local dickhead gets himself bitten by a snake. Well, local <laughs> dickhead. <laughs> local dickhead. <laughs> like, like, accidents do happen. Yeah, but, but that wasn't an accident. He, he was deliberately need, trying to move Yeah, it. he didn't need yeah. to be... Around, it wasn't but... as if he accidentally stepped on it while he was walking in some long grass. No. no. Exactly. Which would be a true accident. People but just annoy me. And if you're going to take away anything from this podcast before we go on our break, people suck. Mm. And, and I hate really people. Them. He hates them. I hate people. Yeah. I love animals. all our listeners, but in general, I hate people. Yeah, in general, we hate people. Yeah. <laughs> I like certain people. Certain people. Mm-hmm. It's a very small list of people I actually like. Yeah, I'm not even on there. <laughs> not all the time. <laughs> I don't want to ask my status on the list. Wow. You're on a different list. <laughs> I thought it The government holds that list. Yeah. The system. <laughs> the system holds that list. Right, the system. So yeah, so there are idiots. Disrespect your surroundings. <laughs> 
So just be nice to animals, guys. Yeah. yeah don't we generally just leave them alone. Yeah. Don't try and touch don't them. Don't touch turtles or snakes. No. Don't touch anything. That's yeah. just your pet. And don't it eat your gongs. No, don't eat your gongs. Don't eat turtles. Don't feed the animals. So do you guys have any other stories you'd like to share or not? Uh, no. No? I'm done. No, so, I don't think so, as I said, this is our last proper episode. We're going to come back with a bonus episode in approximately a month. A month? Yeah. Oh, really? It's going to be a little bit longer. Oh, nice. And in that episode... <laughs> such a dickhead. <laughs> in that episode, we're going to choose an overall winner for the year. Overall and then we're going to take a break while Death I have a baby. And hopefully at some point we'll come back. In mm. the meantime, Adam and Rich are going to start a band apparently well, Adam's going to start a band that I'll be in if I start it yeah. if yeah. he starts it so we'll see how so that pans out might want to be a solo band I don't know <laughs> our social it's media band, will still be active but we won't be actively checking it or updating it really you can ask us about our baby that we're having <laughs> <laughs> so you can get in touch with us and we will try and get back to you but um, yeah we will be having a, a full on break just talk to me um Adam yeah. might be feeling a bit lonely, lonely, so... Mm. Adam... Not really. <laughs> I enjoy my time. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, so thanks for listening, guys, and uh, hopefully you'll agree with whoever Rich chooses as our final animal in the next episode. And we'll see you then. She bribed you. <laughs> I've not bribed him. <laughs> okay. It's all related. Okay, guys. See you later. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Mm, good day. <laughs>